Hello, and welcome back to Climbing the Castle, your definitive Disney ranking podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Charlie. And today we'll be discussing Zootopia. As always, we'll give you one last chance to go over and watch the movie if you want to, before we start discussing it. Go ahead and do that if you'd like, and then come on back and hear what we have to say about it. From the biggest elephant to the tiniest shrew, the city of Zootopia is a beautiful metropolis where all animals live peacefully with one another. Determined to prove her worth, Judy Hopps becomes the first official bunny cop in the police force. When 14 predator animals go missing, Judy immediately takes the case. Partnering with smooth-talking fox named Nick Wilde, Judy must piece together all the clues as to where the predators are and who is behind it all. And I'll say, pretty good movie. This was a really great movie. I, I, I really like it. I love this movie. It's so much fun. There's so many great references that happen. There's so many great, just funny pits and all kinds of the story itself is just very thought provoking and it has a lot of great messages and great pieces to it that really makes it stand out I feel compared to a lot of Disney movies oh yeah like from like visuals to like different aspects it 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 really stands out as a great disney movie it's just really well made and very well put together and a lot of fun too all right well are you ready for some fun facts i have a ton of them i'm always ready for fun facts all right to start off the team did heaps of homework they spent uh more than 15 months studying animal movement fur and behavior they even examined fur on a microscopic level. And then uh, during the studies, one guy on the team got attacked so many times he ended up with the nickname Nate the Bait. <laughs> what, what was he getting attacked by, did it say? Or... Um, It didn't say, but apparently he got attacked plenty of times by different animals. That's, that's hilarious. And there were 500 and... 50 people involved in making of Zootopia. Can you imagine a small town getting together to make an animated film? Well, that's basically what happened. I mean, yeah, this takes a lot of people to make a movie. I mean, I, that number doesn't really surprise me as someone that works with film and stuff like that. But it's yeah, still... but for others who don't, that's like crazy to think <laughs> of. It is a, a large amount of people. But think of how much work went into putting this movie together. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, as you can see, there are no reptiles, birds, fish, or amphibians throughout the entire movie. Instead, there are only mammals and the occasional flies. Uh, this was all in keeping with the prey and predator theme of the film. I mean, it would. I feel like it would have been cool to throw some, some lizards in there. Like, yeah, like throw a can Sam or... I mean, Geico, the gecko. You could have had crocodiles; they're predators. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't see why they had to exclude them. But they could have put Joanna in there from the rescue is down under. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a running time of one hundred and eight minutes, Zootopia is the second longest Walt Disney animated studios film. 
behind Fantasia with 125 minutes. Yeah, this is a pretty full-length movie here compared yeah. to all the other stuff. But that is also very crazy that Fantasia is the other longest movie when it's just like not an actual movie either, technically. It's kind of a bundle. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of story that goes on in this movie, though. So, like, it, it they needed a lot of time to fit all that in. Mm-hmm. This is the fourth consecutive Disney animated feature for Alan Tudyk as an antagonist, following Wreck-It Ralph as the main antagonist, Frozen as a secondary antagonist, and Big Hero 6 as an anti-hero. Where in this movie, um, he voices Duke Weaselton, which he's also the voice of Duke of Wesselton. Duke Weaselton, Duke of Wesselton. And, you know, in Frozen, it was mispronounced as Duke of Weaseltown. And then in this one, he was mispronounced as uh, Wesselton. I wonder if they had that joke ready, like, planned on during Frozen at that point already. Like that, I, I, I kind of wonder that they made that the feels joke like and it, then it afterwards was... they were like, you know what, let's use this joke again. This will be. This, it feels like this it was too set up, just the way it was done. For like, it was just perfectly set up for Frozen, and I mean that is possible because they probably already had this movie as an idea when Frozen was, yeah, in production. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, this feels perfectly set up. It is genius though. And, like, it is hilarious that he's just, like, both names are so similar. Mm-hmm. And he's playing the same character, like, that character. It also seems like he's going for some kind of record as the most consecutive Disney villains, <laughs> like, in the movies. Yeah. But, I mean, again, they probably had this movie while they were working on Frozen. Yeah. Because there's some examples whenever we see... Duke Duke Weaselton. Make sure you get the right name. <laughs> yes, Duke Weaselton. Selling bootleg movies. So among the movies that he's trying to sell off, we got Pig Hero 6, which is, you know, Big Hero 6. We got Wrangled, which is Tangled. We got Wreck-It Rhino. But we also see movies such as Meowana, which is Moana, our next movie to talk about. We got Floats in 2, which is Frozen 2. And then there's one called Jurassic, which is based off an untitled Disney, Disney animated project where um, it was shelved and then they ended up just canceling it due to creative problems. I would watch all of his fake movies. Oh, yeah. Especially Wreck-It Rhino. Wreck-It Rhino would be great or Pig, Pig Hero, Hero 6. 6. <laughs> they all sound amazing. So, on her train ride to Zootopia, before Judy selects Gazelle, uh, here are some of the other artists that the music player included. The Beagles, which is a reference to the Beatles. Black Sable, which is a reference to Black Sabbath. Katy Perry, who is Katy Perry. Destiny's Cub, instead of Destiny's Child. We got U2 instead of U2, as in E W E U. We got 
Fleetwood Yak instead of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, we got the Fur Fighters, which are the Foo Fighters. Gun and Rodents instead of Guns and Roses. <laughs> Hyena Gomez instead of Selena Gomez. Hey Nine West instead of Kanye West. And then Mick Jaguar instead of Mick Jagger. <laughs> the amount of references they put in this movie was just amazing. I uh-huh. love all of the different like puns and different plays on things that they did throughout the, the movie. Although the one thing that didn't make sense to me was the Beagles. Why couldn't they just stay the Beatles? Because there's no bugs in this movie. I mean, there's flies, but like <laughs> still. But not only do they have those references, but they have different animal versions of common human brand names, including Lunky Chomps instead of Lucky Charms, Urban Snout Fitters instead of Urban uh, Outfitters. We got Zuber instead of Uber, a Popsicle instead of Popsicle. We got Lemming Bros Bank instead of the Layman Bros. Trader Joe's instead of Trader Joe's. Mousies instead of Macy's. Uh, Mouster Charge instead of Master Ca- or Mastercard. We got Furs National Bank instead of First National Bank. Uh, Targoat instead of Target, Muzzle Time instead of FaceTime, and then Hoof Locker instead of Foot Locker. I was noticing these like as they were just wandering around a movie. You really have to pay like complete attention to this movie if you want to catch all the stuff that's going on. Because like sometimes they're just walking past the store sign and you'll see it. Like that's how I saw the Hoof Locker thing. Like it's just on the building behind them when they're walking. And, like, if you're not looking, you're not going to see it. But the amount of stuff that they throw in this is, like, insane. It's like Wreck-It Ralph with the amount of stuff that they put in here. And then did you notice where the A113 reference is? I did not see that, no. it's uh, It appears on Gideon Gray's van whenever she goes back to where she's from. And he comes by bringing them pies, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's their GED 3113. Okay. As we all know, is a reference to the studio number. The classroom number. Or the classroom, yeah. That they, they all studied in. Yes. And then just one more set of fun facts. Okay. Based off cast selection. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're going to start with an easy one for Chief Bogo. Yes. I only found one other person, and that was... Benedict Cumberbatch. That would have worked. I could have mm-hmm. seen that. Uh, for Judy Hopps, they thought of Drew Barrymore, Katie Seagal, Elizabeth Banks, Cameron Diaz, Emma Stone, Scarlett Johansson, and Gina Rodriguez. Some interesting choices there. But this one's my favorite one. The voice for Nick Wilde. Yes. We have Seth Rogen. <laughs> Chris Pratt, John Hamm, Bruce Willis, Matt Damon, and Paul Rudd. All right. Paul Rudd would have been fun as mm-hmm. as Nick. I but don't know why. I, I don't know how I would feel about Seth Rogen. Seth though. Rogen would not have made it as good of a movie. <laughs> Jason Bateman really killed it as Nick Wilde in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. he did such a great job portraying Nick Nick Wilde and like 
he's able to mix that that good mix of serious with also like comedic pieces to it yeah, as yeah. well. And I feel like he just handled it perfectly, but And besides, we already have Chris Pratt being Mario soon. Yeah. Which I don't I don't I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> We're not gonna get into that right now though. <laughs> but that is all of my fun facts. It's a good bunch bunch of fun facts. I actually had more, but I already went ahead and skipped past a few of them. <laughs> Lots of fun facts. Oh yeah. But uh, anyways, let's go ahead and get into our scores. All right. What do you have for your story score? For my story score, I have a 91. Uh, I have a 92. So okay, already okay. right there with each other again. I didn't find all that many fun. Uh, I almost said fun facts. <laughs> I didn't find all that many issues uh, with the story myself. I found a couple of issues here. There was... A few that kind of take away from the story. Some that are just kind of there, but it's not going to really affect anything. But I do want to talk about like the posit- some of the positive stuff first before I get into my negatives, though. Of course. Because I really, what, what really, one of the really great things about this story is how they took like such a serious subject matter, which is like racism, sexism, and other forms of discrimination and stuff, and they talked about it in such a way where like, children can understand it and like mm-hmm. you can have like it'll, it'll it would allow for discussions about it without yeah, making i didn't necessarily like go super deep into it also no they did it on a level where it was like there and like adults definitely recognize it and like children aren't gonna like pick up on it but they can still understand it from like i said it allows for the conversation about it but it's not like they're shoving it like blatantly drown your throats yeah but they did it in such a great way and it was such an important like topic of conversation that need like something that like needs to be talked about see what sold the story for me was that kid at the beginning with all the sound effect no i'm joking (laughs) but that kid was really good at his job for that play (laughs) (laughs) that kid was a great great musician and then, I uh, talked about him in my atmosphere. <laughs> I really yeah, I will song. too. Don't worry. But yeah, you have you're, they take these great, like important subjects, and they talk about it in a in a in a way where everyone can can understand it. You have all these great characters that are able to play off of each other so well as well. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, that's going to come into characters as well. But obviously, it helps set the tone obviously, for the, the characters. Story. The visuals, the atmosphere, all of it ties in with the story. Mm-hmm. And we had another great plot twist of a villain coming where yeah, we did not see it coming real. at all. Well, like, like, how many is this in a row now? Well, like three or four, even? Definitely two. Frozen. Big, Frozen. Well, yeah. Frozen did have the plot twist, you're right. So that's I, at least I, three. So there's three. Three, three movies in a row where we did not see the villain coming at all. And it was just a completely unexpected experience. And, like, it really, especially even this, like, there was the secondary plot twist as well. Mm-hmm. What was it now? Because there was the sheep, and then there was something else after that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the sheep. Yes. 
Uh, I was writing in my notes. I was going to make a breaking bod fun. <laughs> and then I realized his helpers are named Walter and Jesse. Yeah, I have a breaking bad about that as well. There was a great reference. <laughs> that was one of my favorite references. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, that I don't know. See, that all these references I have tied into my entertainment score as well. They don't really help the story. Yeah. But I mean, it does help the story that it's entertaining, but it's not like it doesn't add to the story itself. Uh, the issues that I had with this movie, <laughs> oh. uh, the police procedure they have is terrible. It's not <laughs> mm-hmm. like how Judy doesn't have access to any resources at all. And as like, like she was set up for failure. Yeah. Like, there's no cases, and she was only given 48 hours for something they haven't done in two weeks. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to be attempting to, well, I mean, she was able to find all the animals in one day when they But they weren't expecting her to. No. But, I mean, like, also, like, how is she a police officer and she doesn't have access to, like, any of their stuff? Like, I mean, she was brand new, but, like, still... That's but like that should you would be at least, day one stuff. Yeah, that should like even if she can't access it, she should still be able to go to like someone else. Hey, I need the file on this, or hey, I need that. And like, like I don't know what happens on your first day of being an officer, <laughs> but I feel like there should be some like setup to do first, like getting you in the system, mm-hmm. giving like paper signed and all that and and again even if they can't actually get her in the system for whatever reason it is you would think she can just go to someone else hey can you get me into the traffic cams or hey can you get me into the the plate running system or whatever like she can't just go to whoever's in charge and be like hey i need this like that just doesn't oh because he's a jerk one i mean they were trying to make her fail as well but you would think Mm -hmm. they would be a bit more helpful but again, it plays into their attitudes against her as well. Other issue that I kind of had was that the story was a bit over all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, everything in it was entertaining, but they definitely did take some detours and some scenic routes and stuff to get to where they were trying to go with it. Yeah, like, as much as I loved the whole going, I mean... <sighs> What I was thinking of was kind of tying into the story, like how she was able to find the limo. Yes. But like them going, doing that whole thing with like, I forget what that place was called, but like the nudist community kind of thing where they were going yeah. natural. Yes. And then the no, sloth DMV, which was hilarious it is hilarious it's one of the best scenes and especially it's... since if you've ever been to the dmv oh it takes so long that's that exactly so how slow. it feels like to be at the dmv is mm-hmm. like it's the perfect like comparison of just having slots working at the dmv which is why that reference is so great but yeah they, there's just they take you on all these little tangents that are like loosely related to the story but it just like it's there just as a entertainment factor and not to like really push the pace of the story. Yeah. I mean, again, it's all enjoyable stuff. So like 
I'm not going to complain about it for the most part, but like they definitely took some roundabouts to to get to where they were trying to go. Which I mean, that's why this is one of the longest. This is the second yeah, longest Disney I mean, movie. Yeah, that that definitely proves into that point there as to why this is. Tech, I'll call. I'm going to call it the longest Disney movie. I'm not going to give Fantasia. Not going to count Fantasia. No, as I mean, I love Fantasia, and it still is. But are we going to really call it a movie? Yeah. I mean, yes, it is a movie. Yes, correct. But <laughs> it's, it's not a cohesive story. So, like, yeah, in terms of an actual story of a movie, we'll we'll give this one the, the award there. Uh, one problem I had. Yes. Was I think May- Mayor Lionheart, since he's the mayor, he should have just came out whenever he found the first victim. I mean, he was just trying to save his own skin at that point, though. But how would he have known that they were only targeting predators? Or that only predators were doing it? If just one happened. I mean, what what would he come out and say, though, at that point? We found this animal who is going crazy. Animals do it all the time. Yeah, I mean, the issue with that is that, again, he he's just trying to prevent the chaos that they create, the same chaos that Judy created after her press conference as well. Yeah, that's true. Like he's just trying to keep. Again, he he. They even have that point of that movie where he says, like he admit, like when he's talking in jail or whatever, he admits to what he was doing was wrong, but he was just trying to. To do what was best for the people at that point. He was still a jerk, though. He was still a jerk, yes. <laughs> that's besides the point. But there was at least some kind of little warrant in in his efforts. Yeah. But that does take me back to one of my issues with the police proceduring is like how no one no one briefed Judy on what to say in that press conference to cause all that pandemonium. Mm-hmm. Like that is true. Don't you think someone should have like, all right, you can talk about this, talk about that. Don't say it like this, because like she she was the cause of all the chaos that ensued after that. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, in in like real real life, there's gonna be someone there to tell them what to say during their press conference and what to, especially for a new cop like her. She's just yeah. thrown onto the force, and this is her first branch of press conference. And then they just let her go out there and stir everything up by saying what she says. Uh, my last major issue, and it's not, I guess this one isn't major, but it's kind of something that bugged me, is that how no one in Zootopia knew about the the Night Howlers. Yeah, I was looking through that too. Like, well, how is it the, that in my notes. the people in that bunny town knew about the Night Howlers, but not a single person in that giant huge city of Zootopia knew anything about them. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're that big that they're getting out of town knowledge, why is no one in the town? There's got to be doctors and scientists or, like, all, some kind of people that would understand, that would correspond those effects to, like, the, the night hours. Mm-hmm. And, or the response that was being, like, given. And, like, you would think if they're they had them in the lab, so you would expect them to be studying them. Would that not show off some kind of compound in their blood or whatever? Yeah, like it. It just kind of means... it's just this crazy thing that this plant did one time, and 
someone obviously someone knew about it because they were using it yeah I, it, it just kind of like baffles me as to how not a single person was able to piece that together but judy's parents who know nothing about any of this just casually mentioned how the same thing happened to their uncle or whoever it was and that's what yeah, i'm clicked. guessing to her mom's brother yes other than that i mean there was a lot of great stuff in this movie again like i said those issues weren't a lot like enough to to destroy this movie for me yeah no like this is still a great it's still honestly i think this is tied for my highest story score because there's so much like great things about it again just the overall message that they're that they're sending here as well and you have these great characters like judy and nick who are both extremely clever and they think outside of the box and it really leads to these like situations that like kind of catch you off guard and you're like oh that's a smart idea or oh that's really mm-hmm. cool like i can't believe they thought of that and it sets up all these cool situations and thought processes and like with nick being a criminal criminal himself he came up with all these different ideas to like figure out what's happening just based off his own personal experiences yeah and judy was doing the same with her own cleverness as well she was tricking him just as much as he was tricking her i will say that pin that she has came in handy quite often that whole movie oh yeah very very handy that recording and just it's probably some cheap recording pin but it was working (laughs) really well for her yeah i mean it saved her how many times throughout the entire movie i mean she would only got nick to cooperate with her the whole time because of that pen granted i'm sure i'm assuming recording him is illegal just like it is in like real life where you can't record someone without them knowing you or whatever as a cop mm-hmm. but like i'm not gonna dig into that at all and I got, i'll get more into that when we get into the characters as well because i do have a lot to say about judy with that piece but yeah. um do we have more for this story i have we're not going through the entire we're not going to go through the entire story <laughs> but i do want to like bring up a couple of notes at least of like stuff that stood out and like things that should be mentioned at least uh like judy having 275 brothers and sisters <laughs> i think yeah. like they can manage to take care of the farm without her if she goes to become a cop they're more worried about her safety rather than the farm I mean, that is a valid point. But, but like, her parents were very unsupportive. <laughs> no, they were they were not supportive of her. And like that seemed to be the case with a lot of people. Why was it so believable that a sheep become can become an astronaut, but a bunny can't become a cop? Mm-hmm. Like that that didn't make sense to me. They were so supportive of the bunny becoming an astronaut, and the what was it, the tiger becoming a tax tax collector? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was just hilarious. That, that was yeah. a bit there. But I'm like, I don't know. Like, no kid wants to be that. Let's be real here. <laughs> That's very true. It's more unbelievable that that kid wants to do that for a living than believing that a bunny can, can become a cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she goes to a police academy, which I don't understand that 
part because like shouldn't the police academy been in Zootopia already? Like if it's the Zootopia police training academy, wouldn't she have already had to have gone to Zootopia to go oh. to the police academy? Maybe they decided to put police academies in several different areas outside the city so that these people out of town can easily become cops also. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's That's just, I it it was kind of weird. I'm like, she's like looking all cl- like she's never seen any of these other biomes when she's on the train or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you would think to get to the police academy, she would have had to gone back into the city already or something. I don't know. It just kind of seemed weird that the police academy was in bunny town or like all those other animals or i guess maybe there's other like police academies like outside of like city like yeah that's what i'm cities. saying i guess i don't know it just seems kind of weird because it is the, no, that's the only police academy that's the only logical <laughs> thing like maybe that's it again not gonna disturb the story at all but i just thought it was worth pointing out at least um so she got in trouble for catching a thief <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which in trouble I mean, for doing yeah, to the chief, that didn't seem like anything special that he was stealing. But I mean, stealing is stealing. Yeah, again, this this ties all back into my issue with the police, like procedures and stuff. Like they make her a meter maid or whatever, but she's a very efficient parking cop. Mm-hmm. I would hate uh, to live in that town. So, when you look at the meter, I saw this in the fun facts, but I didn't write it down. I think I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so when you look at the meter, it said it was like $25. Yes. And she did 200 tickets before noon. Mm-hmm. 201 before noon, because she counted yes. her own. <laughs> which, I don't understand why she would get herself a ticket. Like... <laughs> Because she broke the law, so she's going to be fair, I guess. I don't know. But that's like $5,000 right there. Yeah, and in like a couple hours. Just made... She's very efficient. And like, if those are the numbers she's putting out, I would assume they would want to just put her back on, on meter duties every day just to make millions of dollars for the town. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, of course, I would... then you see the townspeople being upset and... Yeah, I would hate to live in that town. Like, you can't get a second over your parking with her around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she goes, chases after that criminal that the store owner asked her to chase down. Yeah, I mean, again, she wasn't following procedure there because, again, she's not supposed to be doing that. She's supposed to be, like, she's supposed to call someone else to handle it. But at the same time, I would assume in that situation, she's. Yes, she is a cop, so she can at least stop the dude. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't have pursued him the way that she did, but like at least, yeah, she no, because catch... she did cause that. That did cause the panic in yeah. the what do they call it? Some the... kind of rodent town. Ro- yeah, I had it written down. Uh, what is it called? I guess I don't have it anymore. Mouse Town. I wrote the Mouse Town, but there was it had some name to it. That scene was a lot of fun, though. Which, I mean, that scene tied into something else for the story when she saved uh, Mr. Big's daughter. Yes. I did did love how they tied that together and, like, made that a part of it as well. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like she was about to get iced, and then 
it happened to be the the mafia the mafia godfather's daughter and that godfather reference in general was just brilliant oh that was so good <laughs> all of the references that they put in this movie was just so good you had the breaking bad reference when they were in the how the, the night how lab mm-hmm. and you had and this godfather, godfather reference and just a dmv thing Nick's partner in that elephant costume in the beginning was absolutely adorable, though. (laughs) Yeah, especially once you finally hear him talk. (laughs) You kiss me again. (laughs) Uh, That was like, tell me that wasn't the sweetest little thing, though. Him in that little elephant costume. And then the little two toots. (laughs) But then Nick just cons Judy. (laughs) That that meeting, that first meeting between them was great. Just. Mm Judy thinking she was helping out a dad get ice cream for his son. And then it, we see what Nick is up really up to. And he's got an excuse for every single thing that he does. He was prepared for, for everything. He had the food permit. He had the, like, that was the most extensive lengths I've seen a con man ever go through yeah. to, to make his hustle. <laughs> he had a food Which, permit. I mean, he, had... he wasn't prepared for the carrot pin. <laughs> or the tax question as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which that was, again, genius thinking on her behalf. Oh, yeah. Quick coming up with a tax question. One, I, I have a lot of stuff to draw on entertainment because that's where, like, it ties in. But the one thing that it also confused me is to, like, her having to bring her own fox spray to, like, work. The, like, they, didn't, they got the police officers not get any protection. Like I guess not. <laughs> and like, or who knows if they really give out those kind of sprays. But like, is she allowed to have a spray? Like, bring a fox spray? Then is that legal for as a police officer for her to be carrying fox spray? Like, I don't know the fact that they make fox spray itself. <laughs> it was very strange that there are the fox sprays specifically. Mm. Um. The, a couple more near-death experiences, or sort of been dead experiences, when they fell out of the sewers. Yeah. That fall into the water, so it was, it was way too high. That them switching the train tracks plan should have failed miserably. Like, there's no way they should have been able to pull that off. Yeah, no. And, like, they should have also died, even if they did pull it off, they should have died in that train when it was crashing and spinning around even if they jumped out they should have not (laughs) been able to stand up that easily before it exploded into a big giant yeah (laughs) that what also like is funny is like that that whole thing just happened and then duty just like bangs into a like a fountain or something and like cuts her whole leg like completely open yeah she jumps (laughs) away fine from a train hits her knee once oh I can't walk, can't make it. <laughs> like, I don't understand how she got cut that bad from tripping. Yeah. I mean, yes, it is possible. It's, I'm sure it's happened to people as well. But, like, I don't know. That just kind of seemed... After strange. everything else that happened. <laughs> that train act, that train scene was action-packed, though. I really loved how... Oh, how yeah, that was really good. They put into that. Uh, another thing. I don't think those uh, Rams should have been able to get on that train so easily. <laughs> No, definitely not. <laughs> I think that's pretty much all the stuff that I really 
I have to mm-hmm. talk about here. A lot of stuff I have to talk about, I'll just draw my entertainment because it like ties into the entertainment stuff. But yeah. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add about the story? No, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on ahead. Let's let's move into characters. What you got? I have a ninety-six. Hey, I also have a ninety-six. Hey, let's go. <laughs> but very strong characters. Yeah, this is. I think my highest character score. It's like tied with my highest character score. Uh, really great characters here. Judy is just a great antagonist that you want to root for, and Tyrion. You mean and protagonist? I said antagonist. Didn't yeah. I? <laughs> I don't know why. That came out. Protagonist, yes. <laughs> now, that would have been a big plot twist right that there. That would have been a big plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you root for Judy the entire time. She's really smart. She's clever. She's witty. She's got a great, just like, ability to her. Which, um, and, yet another fun fact I skipped through. Okay. Was, so originally the story was going to be based around Nick Wilde. But the test audience... Could not really get connected to him that well through that way. So they shifted over to Judy, See, which I think is a really good call. I don't know. See, I love Nick. Like, as I think I would have taken Nick as the main character. Nick, to me, is one of the, like, I know I said last week that Baymax is, like, one of the greatest characters in all of Disney movies. But I think, to me, Nick Wilde, is also sitting up there as one of the greatest characters oh, in yeah. Disney. Like, before we, we get into him, let's just continue our talk about Judy first, because I have a lot to Yeah, yeah, about. of course. So, but, like, but, Judy's very witty. And the the issue that I have with Judy is, like, she she does kind of have questionable morals. As, as the main protagonist, she's willing to bend the law and, like, Mm-hmm. do these all the, like she's recording nick and then she's also using him to do all her dirty work and like she's she's like doing into the well yeah uh, when they were breaking into the the lot yeah. i can't think of what the word is uh the lim i know it was the limousine like the parking lot yeah i don't know what but yeah she's using him to do all of her dirty work but it's still like you're rooting for her at the same time but it's like Mm, this is not the greatest of like yeah in real life the police officer officer would seem kind of shady for doing this kind of stuff yeah she's definitely a dirty cop like (laughs) as much as she's a dirty cop but in a good way yeah i mean she's doing it for the good reasons that's that's the different like that's that's the difference about her it's like she is doing all these things that like she shouldn't be doing but she's doing it for the right reasons like she's just trying to help. She really exactly. wants to help bring, like, find Mister Otter. What's his Otter Otterton? Otterson. Emmett, Emmett Otterton. Yeah, yeah. She's really trying. Like, she wants to help find him. She wants to find out what's going on with the mammals, and she she wants to make a difference. And she's just using her her skills to her advantage, and using other people's skills to her advantage. So that she can get away with it. So yes, it, in a way, she's not the greatest, like, on a morality scale. But at the same time, she's she's not doing anything bad. Yeah. If you look at it that way. And then when you move on to to Nick, 
his character wise, he's not the greatest person, but as a character, he's just so incredible. He's definitely very lovable. Yeah. And like when you find out his backstory, it's like, oh, he's going through the same things that Judy kind of did. That backstory was just so traumatizing. He wanted to be a scout, but then those poor kids bullied him and drew a muzzle on him. Yeah. He got muzzled by kids his age. That was terrible. Like, that's bad. Yeah. So, like, you look at the stuff that he's been through, and it makes sense as to why he is the person that he was. Mm-hmm. And, again, he also is just incredibly smart and clever, like Judy. And he's got an answer for everything. And the chemistry that they have together as well is just probably one of the greatest relationships that we've seen in oh, any yeah. movie so far, I would say. Which, lately, I've been seeing, like, all these memes popping up about a second movie coming out and they have children together now yeah I, there's a lot of people that like ship them together and like make it a thing i i don't know how i feel about that like yeah, i can kind of see how it. i feel like most of the time when you see these movies and there's like all these and it's all animals why is it the main heroes falling in love with an animal of a different species <laughs> uh i don't know Maybe it's to show, like, again, with the whole, like, racism and... It, it's possible. I mean, it is just... I mean, I don't know if it's the fact that it's the bunny and wolf fox thing that makes it weird. Or, like, what is actually weird about... Because, like, I don't think there is anything... I mean, like, they're cute together. I will say that. They have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. But does it need to actually go in that direction? Is Is the real... Yeah. The real story. I used that to stall so I can think of what I was actually going to say, and I remember now. Smart, because he <laughs> saved he saved us from going off track because I was lost in my thoughts as well. So, <laughs> um, so what I was going to say about their relationship was how it really shows that you cannot judge a book by its cover. Like you see them trusting each other, and we see their true colors, like. It goes both ways as well, which is what plays into it. It's like oh, yeah. uh, Judy was thought he was that the first time they met. Judy thought he was this loving father that was just trying to get his kid an ice cream, and then it turns out he's just conning them to try and make his own ice cream. You know, he's a sly fox, but like deep mm-hmm. down, we find out because Judy kind of pulls it out of him. He just wants to be whatever he wants to be. Yeah. He wants to help people. It's just because he was burned earlier in his life that he pushed all this stuff to, to like, aside, and he has to take care of himself instead. It's just like this bunny rabbit who wants to help people also and, you know, be on the police force, really make a change, and no one believes in her. Yeah. Because she's a rabbit. She might as well just go work on a farm. Oh, I mean, that was also help, she was able to be one of the best officers in the movie. Yeah, I mean, that is also one of the other major like stories that we like was chasing your dreams and stuff. I was like, as well, wasn't I didn't mention that part when we were talking about how the story pushes all these great plot points. It's also about chasing your dreams and doing what you want to do and making yourself happy and making other people happy. And that was another major point. 
that they added to this movie because we see Judy who all her life wanted to be a cop and then she becomes a cop and she becomes one of the best cops that there is because she applied herself to it and Mm -hmm. and then with Judy we also I went ahead and wrote down Judy's parents as together and then Gideon Gray all together only because you know they are just like minor side characters but without Judy they wouldn't have come to like you know respect one another yeah i mean also for like if it wasn't for them judy probably wouldn't have become where she had gotten as well Mm -hmm. like gideon bullying that other sheep in the beginning of the movie really puts judy to become a cop and want to stop people from doing bad things and stuff like that that's what i forgot to mention in the story notes was uh yes you know all that happened to her, but she didn't give up on her dreams. No. Now that's incredible right there. Mm-hmm. She really pushed and she persevered through everything. Uh, she did have that Milan transformation where she was bad at everything. And then overnight, she just kind of managed to come <laughs> figure everything out again. Uh, but... I figured that was an overnight. <laughs> no, it wasn't overnight. But, but I'm like, the way yeah. they set it up again... It was the same thing. But yes, she did figure everything out and she worked and she used her cleverness to to overcome that stuff as well, which is what made it so great as well. Because it's not like she just automatically scaled that mount and she yeah, figured out how to figured, hop off. Oh, of hey, the... I can hop on, on these people's heads mm-hmm. like that didn't hurt them at all because she, she probably knew that because she's so small. When she was boxing the guy, she uses the ropes to spring herself in. She uses, and uses her... his own fist to knock him out. Mm-hmm. It's her outside of the box thinking that helped her overcome these obstacles. And it wasn't just, like unbelievable where she's just like knocking a box, a big giant guy out on her own. Like suddenly she has this, she just punches it in. It's out. <laughs> that would have been a little funny to see, but no. Yeah, so it it was really nice that the way they they tied it in with her her cleverness and her outside the box thinking. Then you have Mayor Lionheart, who's just kind of, yeah, as I said earlier, he's just kind of a jerk. I mean, he's your typical politician for the most part. He's covering himself up for his. He he's taking. Wind. He's more worried about his own job rather than, which I mean, it's obvious he does care for the safety also, because mm-hmm. that's kind of why he locked up all the animals yeah i mean he was just doing things the wrong way (laughs) he did it as he said he was doing the wrong things for the right reason yeah unlike maribel weather you know we start off liking her because you know she's also one of the small ones and she's like she's saying that judy is the hope for all the little people Mm mm-hmm and then she's turning around and getting rid of all the big people. <laughs> yeah, it's like, see, that villain like transformation came out of nowhere from her. Because she just seemed like such a sweetheart. I mean, and I, that, again, that also plays into like the part of you can never really trust anyone completely as well because you don't know someone what someone is on the outside complete completely different from who they are as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, just her, like, being this little tiny sheep who's just, she couldn't even get into the picture of them when they were on stage. She's just trying to, like, push her way into the picture because yeah. Lionheart's, like, shoving her out of the way. Yeah, like, he's and, the biggest bully to her. 
and then they stick together throughout the entire movie. She's helping Judy. But that's another problem. She was helping the police figure out everything. I don't think that she knew what how much Judy knew at that point. I think she was just helping Judy, like thinking it was something to do with something else. I don't think she actually knew Judy was necessarily digging like deep into them. Or she actually, she might have, but because she did catch on to well, the fact. she didn't know that. Yeah, so like that's Judy what I was, was on she, the case. She was catching on to because she was meet, She met them at City Hall or wherever it was when they came out of the train station. And that's uh, when the museum, which I don't think they should have been able to be in, but well, they came out of the train station there. Mm-hmm. I would assume, but that's when Judy figured out. Hey, how do you know I was going to be here? And that's when she pieced it all together that Mayor Bellwether was behind everything. Yeah. Um, uh, I was going to go on to Police Chief Bogo. Yeah. Was, that's who I was going to move on to, <laughs> who's another big jerk. Uh, he turns into a nicer person, though. He turns into a he, nicer he person. He grew a lot, especially Still during kind of a jerk, but... He was, yes. I mean, that is his attitude, though. I mean, just... And then it, he didn't really change till closer to the end of the movie. No, but I mean, he was very supportive of Judy by the end of it as well, mm-hmm. especially Which, during that scene. I liked how he finally got a sense of humor at the end. Like you, like he he put her and Nick on parking duty. Yeah, I mean, his sense of humor is always there. It's just it was his own sense of humor, and it wasn't supposed to be funny when he was doing it. Mm-hmm. But but then. Like he was the only, I'm sure he was the only one that found like the stuff he was doing funny. And then once you come to realize he's not a big of a jerk as he is, then it's like, oh, it's kind of, kind of funny the stuff he was doing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he also made that great, incredible joke about the elephant in the room. Like you can't say that was not hilarious when he said, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was just name? mentioning her birthday. Yeah. He's like, happy birthday. <laughs> that was just hilarious. That was pretty funny. Um, Clawhauser was a nice little comic relief character. Clawhauser was great. I love Clawhauser. Mm-hmm. Now, see, uh, I can't think of the actor's name, but I thought he was going to be voiced by someone else. Who? I can't think of his name. It'll come to me later. Which character? Clawhauser. You're saying you thought he was going to be voiced by a different yeah, person? Yeah, I was thinking he was... I always had this thought that oh, he was voiced by someone else. TJ, Not TJ Miller. It's... Uh, I think I know who you're talking about as well. Because he mm-hmm. does sound very similar to someone else. Sounds similar and kind of has that, like, personality. Yeah. Almost. I, I know... You can't know think of the name either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, going back to Mayor Lionheart, we did have... J.K. Simmons in the movie, and I was still expecting him to ask for pictures of Spider-Man the whole entire time as well. <laughs> no, he didn't this time. No. The the thing, one of the other things that stood out, stood out like as to why our character score is so high, is because every character was an enjoyable character, even though we not didn't necessarily get backstories or like important actual stories from them. It was all characters you wanted to see more of. Yeah, like of course, Lionheart. You would want. I wouldn't mind seeing more from like learning more about Lionheart. 
Pleafy Bogo, even though he was a jerk, he was still fun to watch and like you wanted to hear what he had to say next. That I kind of wanted more from Judy's neighbors. Yeah. I mean they were the most minor of minor oh, the the the, the guys that were yelling at each other to shut mm -hmm. up. Yeah, okay. I mean yeah, they were <laughs> extremely, extremely minor characters. But they again they were entertaining. <laughs> then you had uh Flash, who was also hilarious. Oh my gosh, I loved Flash. <laughs> and then, of course, Priscilla, who was... I only mentioned her because she was voiced by Kristen Bell. Which I, I didn't realize that until afterwards. Mm -hmm. But that was great. And the whole, like, telling the joke thing, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was hilarious. But yeah, you have all these characters that, even though they're minor side characters and you don't get much about them, like, you want to see more of them. Even the, was it a panther or whoever, the, the, the limo driver, when they go yeah, in. Yeah, I believe it, he was a panther. Like, even him was just such a, he was such a small character, but you, like, he, he was so engaging with what he was saying and, and what was going on with the scene. And it's like all these characters that really make you want more of them. Mm hmm. And then. The only other, like, other character was, like, Yax, was the the nudist colony. Oh, no, yeah. Which was played by Tommy Tong, which was, I mean, he was... He was elephant. funny. He was funny. Like, he was trying to get the elephant to remember everything, and he knew every single detail mm -hmm. about everything. <laughs> which elephants are supposed to have, like, the perfect memory. Yeah. But this one ha did not remember a thing. Couldn't remember a thing. Except but the Yak did. Good thing he remembered everything. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to add for characters. No, I think that's all I got. All right. So then let's move on to visuals. All right. So I went ahead and did it. You did it. I have my visuals at 100. Wow. See, you told me that you wanted to do it earlier. And I said this was way back before I watched the movie the second time. I said, I don't think it's up to the same par as, like, Big Hero 6 or Bolt. And then, when I watched it the second time, like, you're right. There's so much detail in this movie. There's so many great, like, incredible... I put a 98. So, like, yeah, it is... So it's still tied. up there for you. I think it's tied with my number one, which is Bolt. Or Big Hero 6. One of the two. I know I also have I have Big Hero 6 at a 99. <laughs> and then I was like, this attention to detail just... There was. I had to give it that credit. They, they put so much detail in every single thing on this screen. And, like, all the character designs were absolutely incredible. Every single character had their own unique design. And it wasn't just animals. Like, there was so much more to it than just being a a lion or just a rabbit or whatever they yeah. made like every part of it was like the way that like even the wind even the direction the wind was blowing was put into detail it was insanely detailed oh then... one of the main things for animals for me though yes which i did notice after kind of like doing some research and stuff they put some specific detail into the polar bears what did they? What did they put like, into the polar bear? You know how polar bears—they don't have white fur; they have clear fur. I did not know that. 
Yeah, polar bears do not have white fur. They have clear fur. And you can kind of see it within the movie. That's interesting. More fun facts I didn't know I was getting today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Animal fun facts. <laughs> and it was just so spot on. And then, like, seeing the ear movements is another big thing for all the animals. Yeah. The I mean, ears were what they really paid focus on. They also just made it all the better. Just nailed expressions as well. Oh, as, big time. Like, especially the slots expressions yeah, were the greatest that was like thing. The biggest thing they probably had to work on getting it's, the slots to move that slow. Fla- Flash's reaction when he tells a joke and he just has this blank and it's stare. Just very slow and blank stare, too. The slowly opening of his mouth and it's just. Giant smile, and he starts laughing. And like Nick had a lot of great expressions to his face as well. Mm-hmm. I did read something about uh, it was a fun fact about how they made Judy's eyes purple because they wanted to clash, like because she was all gray, and they needed something to stick out. Yeah, and they they didn't want a boring rabbit, they, so they added the purple eyes, which really did add to it. They really stood out. Like, the more I was watching the second time, I was like, these eyes really do stick out. And it merely does make a difference of the color of her eyes. And it's such a simple thing that you wouldn't, like, you wouldn't think, like, would make such a difference, but it does. And then, away from the characters, the, the just the details and the backgrounds and stuff was also oh, incredible. Yeah. Zootopia all, itself. Well, Zootopia, all the other biomes inside of Zootopia. It's absolutely beautiful. When when Judy was on that train ride in the beginning of the movie and they were showing off all the different biomes, mm-hmm. it was just so incredibly well done. It made me want to kind of go visit there myself. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I kind of want to be in the movie Zootopia. <laughs> it would be a pretty cool place to visit. Uh you had that snow place, and then you had that rainforest area. That, that rainforest was so cool. I that, love it. That rainforest was my favorite, too, as well. And then the beginning, you had the camels, all those camels in the desert, and then just the whole city of Zootopia as well. That, but There were so many great chase scenes in this movie as well. Like oh, yeah. When when Judy's chasing the weasel. Yeah, chasing around, uh, Weaselton. Duke Weaselton. She's chasing Duke Weaselton first on just the regular streets, and then she chases them into the that small rodent town. And it's kind of like a Godzilla-like movie where they're just stomping through the entire like town because they're so much bigger than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And they play really play off on that a lot, and it was a lot of fun. And then, which seeing like the environments that all these animals are in was really nice too. Like in that town, they had those tubes that the rodents could crawl yes. through in <laughs> the the transportation tubes and mm-hmm. also during that chasing weaselton was like going on the train and he had to dodge through them all yeah and he was like shape-shifting his body to to fit through all the tubes Which, that was really good that was a lot of fun and then the other chase chasing was when they were getting chased by the jaguar in the mm-hmm. rainforest later on and which like always any kind of water animation yeah, looks great in a Disney what, movie. My next thing was the rain in that scene looked absolutely incredible. There was so much detail in the rain during that scene and like the water on their bodies and like how the how the, the wet likeness played off of uh-huh. their fur. Look or like even I noticed when Judy was crying, 
the couple of tiers that came down were looked really good. Mm-hmm. Like normally, not something you would mention as like, oh wow, that's really good. <laughs> but like, it really caught my attention for this movie. So there was something. There was one scene that really caught my attention for no particular reason. I don't know why it stood out. It just looked so great. It was after Judy finds out that like what the cause of the the howling whatever the plant is mm-hmm. and she gets back in the car and she drives back to the zootopia they show the road that she's driving on and it's like this forest area and like it looks like it's all wet still or something and just like the amount of detail they put in that road and then you see the city of zootopia in the background it just really stood out to me for some reason yeah the scene where she's driving back into zootopia which also I'm kind of that did kind of confuse me because like she took the train into the she took a train first. Oh, maybe so, that was because she didn't have her own vehicle. She kind of used the family yeah, but business I'm, vehicle. But what I'm saying is like if she's taking a train to Zootopia, how far is Zootopia from her town that she went through all those other biomes and stuff? And like yeah, now she can drive true. to she can just drive to Zootopia. That, that, that's true. Because so, you, you would assume the train moves a lot faster than her car would move. So, again, nothing that's going to destroy the movie. It's just thought provoking <laughs> analysis. But back to visuals. <laughs> the last thing that I have a note on was this is for me that stood out because I'm from New York. The, the accuracy of that subway station entrance was just Ooh, yeah. spot on. <laughs> like when they were going down to the train to have the sign that had the train like names on it and letters and you have the little circles with which trains are it looked just like a regular subway station entrance you would find here (laughs) in new york and like that just attention to detail really stood out to me yeah but everything looked amazing in this movie yeah also um, i forgot (laughs) it was my first note in my notes like in my notes, that's why I skipped over it. Uh, during the play scene, Judy's fake blood that she was doing. <laughs> the was, like ribbons. And the ribbons the and then the ketchup bottles. <laughs> I thought that was really fun. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, anything else you want to add about the visuals? Or... No, not really. All right, then let's, let's move on down to atmosphere. All right. I have a 94 for my atmosphere. I have mine at a 90. Okay, four point difference. Back to, back to the old reliable. <laughs> I think this was another thing, like a, the same case as Baymax. Like everything is there, but it was just missing that that extra like like thing that Big it Hero needed. Six. Big Hero Six. Did I just call? It you Baymax? just called it Baymax. <laughs> you know, Baymax is the standout of that movie. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah, should have just fair. called it Baymax. <laughs> No, just kidding. Don't that I didn't mean that. But yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of like Big Hero Six, where it's just everything is all there. It's just kind of missing that thing to take it to the next level. Like I don't know. I feel like they should have given like Judy a song, or maybe even like give give yeah. Uh, they cut away from Nick a song like a Disney musical again. The past this movie and the last one. Yeah, and again. Not everything has to be a musical. I mean, we've we've seen it work with Atlantis, and we've seen it work oh. with like uh, 
treasure planet treasure planet so like it can happen but i feel like it's nice to just kind of have like one song in there if they would throw it in there or like i mean they did have that shakira song which basically was like the major theme of judy i guess you would call yeah (laughs) like always trying things that was a fun song but But, uh and then like the soundtrack overall was pretty good. Yes, the score was great. the The music that kid was making during the play. Oh was... yeah, the different sound effects, like with the slide whistle, <laughs> the slide whistle, and the drums. Oh, what was bothering me was he was using mallets on the piano. <laughs> As a band nerd, it's like I I I don't know if that's a real thing that happens. I'm sure it does happen. I'm sure there is some kid out there playing the piano with mallets. <laughs> well, yeah, but like. I don't know. Maybe that's something that can I don't know. He be knew what professionally used. It makes a different sound. I have not tested it out myself. That kid better have grown up to become like a composer and like making music. And the next, the Zootopia version of John Williams. <laughs> I was thinking Hans Zimmer, but Hans yes. Zimmer would be a good one too. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of great like soundtrack too. There was. A song when Judy was giving out her tickets in the beginning of the movie that felt like I felt like that really fit with the scene that was happening as well. Mm-hmm. When she's just rushing around giving all the tickets, there's this weird like kind of kind of wacky tune going on in the background. Yeah, <laughs> and then like when she ter- has that bad first day, she turns on the radio <laughs> and is playing all these depressing songs. That was great. It's just every station was playing a, a depressing song. And then she just, just like sticks with the ambient depressing music, mm-hmm. and then by the end, hey rabbit, turn that depressing music off. <laughs> yeah, from the neighbor. <laughs> and then they had this really dramatic music going on during the newscast when they were talking about how the predator is going wild at the mm-hmm. end. And that... like even the chase scenes had that like epic song that you'd always get for a chase scene. Yeah, and. I think what really saved this, well, I wouldn't say saved it, but what really kept it at this high grace was the the voice acting. The voice acting was definitely the best part. Voice acting was just top-notch in every single character. I mean, like I was saying during our introduction, Jason Bateman just absolutely killed it as Nick Wilde. Oh, yeah. Just a standout performance from him. Because he has that great mix of everything going on for him. Uh, Idris Elba absolutely killed it. As Chief he Fonda kills a lot of his... He had a, such a star-studded though. cast here, too, as well. I oh, mean, yeah. You have J.K. Simmons. You have Jason Bateman. You have Idris Elba. Alan Tudyk is back again. You have Shakira in there as Gazelle. Shakira, yeah. <laughs> uh, Which, I don't know. What? I don't know if she really needed her own character, but it worked. Yeah, I mean it worked. It worked for what they were trying to do. You had uh, Tommy Chong was also in there as Yax. I love was... Cheech and Chong. So do I. And so just seeing one of them in the movies is always like amazing. <laughs> uh, so Rich Moore played Doug, the like Breaking Bad sheep. Yes, <laughs> that was really good. Uh, then we had, uh, as you were saying earlier, during characters, you mentioned that 
uh, Kristen Bell played one of the slots, Priscilla. Mm-hmm. And when she went from you know Frozen, she was Anna, who's this like fast speaking character, it's <laughs> always excited to Priscilla who talks this <laughs> slow. I was reading in some of the fun facts that that like this was a major change of pace for her because she is always like playing that high paced character. Mm-hmm. But she said that slots are her favorite animal, so like she really wanted to do this just because it was like she got the chance to be a sloth. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's the whole reason that this happened. But yeah, just standout performances. Even uh, Jennifer Goodwin, who played Judy, just did a phenomenal job. Did out of the park. Like, the amount of energy that she put into Judy was just great. And like all these people worked so well together with each other. Uh, Nate Torrance is the name of the person that played Claw Hauser. And he did a really good but job. I was. still can't think of the actor who I thought did it, but <laughs> I can see him. He's chubby with curly hair, kind of. I guess I, I know who you're talking about, but I can't <sighs> think of his name either. <laughs> but... I'm looking it up right now because <laughs> I'm, I'm also trying to think of the movies he's in. I don't know. Oh. I can't can't help you that much. I don't know, but like... Do you have anything else that you want to talk about with Atmosphere? No, I think I'm good there. Okay. So let's move on to entertainment. All right. So for entertainment, I have it at a 94. Ooh, I have a 97 here, which is one of my higher scores for entertainment. Yeah, I mean, but... I did like the movie a lot. And there were some really funny scenes. I think it's funny because, like, my entertainment score in this case doesn't necessarily represent how much I like this movie. It's just as to how entertaining this movie actually is. Like, yeah, I have my score at a 97, and there's some other movies that I have that are lower scores than this that I would say I liked more than this. But the amount of stuff that they put into this movie to make it what it is just really deserves that kind of recognition. Yeah, like that nice combination of action, comedy. That there was so many cool action scenes. There was all those references that were being thrown in. All the, the references. The Zuber all the stores coming up with their own names, all the mm-hmm. band names. The whole nudist colony thing was the, the DMV <laughs> joke. The Godfather oh, yeah. references like Oh, yeah. Taking all of these references. Also, one that you forgot to mention during your fun facts. The the phone company is called PB&J. It's like a play on AT&T. Mm-hmm. If... I did forget that. I, I knew about it. I just forgot to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you have all these great references and all these funny scenes. And the characters themselves are just so incredible. They're amazing. They're lovable. Just again, the the relationship between Judy and Nick, also just Nick on his own, and Nick's Nick's whole scheme as a as a con man, and his little little buddy going in and acting like an elephant, and then just doing all these kind of things. Just it just was hilarious, and it all played out so well, and like. I don't know, I just feel like this the amount of 
energy they put into putting all this stuff together needs to be recognized a bit. Even if, like I said, I wouldn't necessarily call it my favorite. I mean, it is one of my favorite movies, but... It's really good, but, like, there's other uh, movies I prefer over it. There would still be movies that I rated under this that I would like more, but they do did a lot to stand out in this movie that needed to be talked about. There was, like... Like I was saying earlier, that joke that uh, Chief Bogo made about the elephant in the room, and mm-hmm. like he's just saying happy birthday to the lady. The elephant that was in the room. <laughs> there was one line that one probably my favorite line of the movie uh, also comes from Chief Bogo. He says, "Life isn't some cartoon musical where you can sing a song and your your instant dreams magically come true." So let it go. And then he says, let it go. <laughs> like that let it go line is a, really makes that quote so perfect. Mm-hmm. And then again, it's teasing. At the Disney's fact. all about like achieving your dreams and <laughs> there's all these songs. And then he just straight up says, let it go. Which is exactly what he was saying wasn't going to happen. Like it, it plays off of the song that also was singing and it just, the, that jerk joke works on so many different layers mm-hmm. of this movie, of other movies, of like as a whole. That's why I love that line so much. And that scene with the how the the wolves, not the wolves, the was yeah, it the wolves? wolves. When they when she starts howling and when then they all start howling, howling. And they start howling. And... <laughs> I mean, that was a clever way to get in. It was pretty genius. I'm surprised he just like thought of that on the spot and it worked. And then you had the, the Breaking Bad reference after that, and like the the ending when they they going after the Speed Racer, and it turns out to be Flash. <laughs> it turned out to be Flash of the Sloth. <laughs> like Flash, Nick. <laughs> also, the dedication of of Nick stopping Flash when he was like right about to put the last number of the license mm-hmm. plate in to, to tell that joke. To tell that bad joke. <laughs> was just so perfect. And, like, you can see he was planning it the entire time because he had this mm-hmm. mischievous look on his face and he knew exactly what he was doing. That was such a bad joke. But, I mean, like, <laughs> those are the jokes I love most. <laughs> but, yeah, you have all these just incredible moments that all play out together. So, like... I had to do something to to bring this on. That's very fair. Over the line. Uh, with that, I think we're ready to give our overall score. All right. Uh, so I have a ninety-five point four. I have a ninety-four point two. Okay, pretty close. Uh, this score does tie with big hero six this puts it just under big hero six for me this is now tied for my number two movie i believe this is number four for me i want to say yeah which i mean that's still high up there on this list that is really high which again had you told me at the beginning of of this podcast that i would have zootopia at number two i probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't have believed it (laughs) and like here we are like I knew like, Zootopia was gonna be high up here. I knew it would be high, but like number two is pretty pretty crazy. But yeah, it's I mean it's all these great movies that we're we're figuring out are just so much better than. I mean I knew Zootopia was good, 
And I was telling yeah. you that this was one of the movies that I've watched many times, and you've only seen it the one time you were in theaters. Yeah, I only watched it once while in theaters. Or I don't think it was even in theaters. I think no, you said you you watched with a friend afterwards or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> they put and it on. And I was this like, was one that I said I saw multiple times in theaters. Which I did yeah. remember liking it. It's just kind of what happened. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I can't. I've like I said, I've seen this many times, but like it's been a while since I've seen it. So now watching it fresh again, like brings all these and again watching it critically as well it also kind of adds to to my thoughts on the movie as well mm-hmm. like it was the same thing we said with big hero 6 last time we've watched it and we've enjoyed it but like when you start watching it critically and it like changes, it actually it's better if you watch it critically this time yeah and it was, doesn't happen with very many movies there's a lot mm-hmm. of this movie like these movies in this podcast that have been ruined for us because we like the stuff i wouldn't that say noticed. ruined but they definitely didn't score as high as we thought they would yeah which yeah i didn't watch this one much but i have watched our next one plenty uh, of times yes next week we have moana we are at moana guys i cannot believe this is insane to me I love Moana. Moana is a great movie. I will be honest. I've, this is one of the ones I've only seen. A, well, I know I've seen it more than a few times. I have seen this one plenty I, of times. I feel like for the amount I like it, I haven't watched it as much as I should. Is probably like the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Which with Moana, that means we only have five episodes left in this season. That's insane. Can you believe that? That's just mind-blowing to me. This season, I feel like it's gone flying by. We have, yeah, there's Moana, there's Wreck-It Ralph 2, Frozen 2, Encanto, well, Raya and the Last Dragon, and Encanto. Mm-hmm. And then Strange World is coming out, I think, like a week or two after. We'll be wrapping up, I believe. Yeah, so we're going to figure out what to do with that. We're still not sure with that, what's going on with that, because if it's not being released on Disney Plus immediately, there's no way we're going to be able to like dissect it and make notes and do all kinds of... Like, Without spending a lot it. of movies of going on to the theater. Going I mean, to the theaters. I have an AMC pass, so I can go to the movies as much as... Well, I can go see it three times in a week if I wanted to. Well, see, I have a problem with that, because I'd want to buy popcorn every time. (laughs) And that gets expensive. Well, you also work every single day, so you cannot go to the movies. Like, you could only afford to go to the movies the one day that we're recording, and that wouldn't work. So, like... Yeah. But... I can watch it three times within that day, probably. (laughs) But yeah, we'll figure out what we're doing with that. We're also going to do uh, an award show episode where we're going to give out like best movie awards, best soundtrack, all like all kinds. We of might awards. fix up our scores a little bit. Yes, we are going to make a few adjustments. Not a lot, just some some minor ones. We'll get into that during the award show episode as well. I will. Fig- well, you know how all that's going to work. Like but... maybe we'll do like. We can change one score of each category in one movie. Uh, we'll we'll figure that out. Yeah. I have a couple we'll figure, things working we'll on in my head that I'll run. We'll, we'll run by and. But we'll talk about you know our favorites. Maybe what like our favorite thing to talk about was favorite episode, favorite characters, favorite 
all this all kinds of character categories that we'll come up with. That'll wrap things up for that for this season. And then then we think move we're on gonna... to Pixar. Yes. Well we're moving on to Pixar. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Not as many movies in Pixar, but still some heavy, heavy hitters. It's, it's going to be a fun time in season two, but we still have five more episodes left this season, plus the awards and maybe Strange World. <laughs> yeah. Well, until next time, may all your dreams come true. Bye.